0: welcome back to juxtaposition i'm justin and lc my good brother what's up man how you doing how was your week what's going on family i'm doing good man uh great week long uh to yeah some degree. Uh- but it's friday it is Friday, so all <laughs> is well, my good friend. All is well. All is well. You know, I kind of want to jump right in. Yes, um, sir. you know, You know, we have a really good conversation that we have for you all listening today. It is entitled, As You Saw, Pride Before the Fall. Um, and Elsie, you know, I'll let you kind of kick us off. Like, from a high-level perspective, how would you personally define pride, and why would you think this is a vital conversation for us to have today?
1: Yeah, bro. So um, this is a very dope conversation that I think we're gonna have because it's touched on so many different points that I believe is relatable to all of us. But mm-hmm. pride, for me, is um, it's a sensitive human characteristic that we have, um, and it's because based on our level of maturity, and for me, I mean our spiritual maturity, mm-hmm. um, our perception of pride could really differ. Right. And what I mean by that is that pride can be elusive in the sense that we personally can't see our pride within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yet the power of pride, it definitely exists in how we conveniently operate, how we conveniently live our lives, conduct ourselves, whatever. Right. We may not see things that other people transparently see within us. So, Mm -hmm. to be clear, you know, before I even answer why it's vital that we have this conversation, I think you know, we, the audience, we need to first ask ourselves, what does pride do, right? What is, what are the results of pride? And from my personal experience, the way I've been able to identify pride in my life is that uh, when I was being prideful, whether I realized it or not, uh, my ways or my ideal way of thinking had to be right. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fruit of that or the results of my pride was, you know, frankly, operating in the sense of entitlement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, or I call it the spirit of entitlement, then, you know, when my pride will be afflicted, meaning, you know, maybe my wife didn't go along with something I thought she should agree on mm-hmm. or, you know, something that worked and turned out the way I expected, Uh, th- then I would show out. I would have my attitude. I would have my frustrating moments, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. But as I've grown in my relationship with Christ, I've become, you know, a little more aware that pride is nothing more than a lever or trigger that exposed the weakest parts of my humanity, mm-hmm. um, and I think that goes for everybody else, frankly. Um, but in return of that exposure, um, it reflected my most outward expressions towards any situation or experience I was dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm and again, what I mean by expressions, those negative expressions. Nothing positive came out of it, so. When those weak points were exposed, that's what I was able to get some clarity, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason why I believe that it's vital that we have this conversation um, is, for one, so that we can be honest with ourselves on this topic. Because if we can't identify that elusive spirit of pride that brings nothing more than conflict, division, and entitlement to our daily lives, then we're also not paying attention to who we're impacting due to that lack of awareness. I know we keep going back to awareness, but I mean, you have to be aware to get this right. Mm -hmm. Um, And for us, uh, you know, just a a quick example that we can all think about. If you, if you were ever a child and you saw your parents uh, fussing and fighting about something really mundane, something stupid, right? Maybe, maybe your, your, your dad overcooked the the meatloaf because he didn't check the oven on time. Like mom had told him to, when you see, that anger and frustration and that conflict going on as a child, it leaves an impression. It leaves a sense of, of identifying your version of right and wrong based off of what somebody else is projecting because of their their attitudes and in their, in their, in their heart position at that time. And for me, I believe it's important that if we don't identify how our prideful actions are coming off, just like children people around us may be impacted in a negative sense based on our outbursts based on that that lack of awareness of how we're being
0: exposed due to our prideful actions if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense it does um bro just just uh watch your, your your mic i'm getting just a little bit of feedback but you're good but nevertheless i think those were very solid points you know i think pride you know, it's is, is incredibly subtle, yet extremely destructive. Um, and from a quick Google search, I've, I've, I've you know, re-uncovered the fact that pride um, is defined as a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements or the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated with, or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. So in short, similar to what you were getting at, bro, pride is that very thing that causes us to become inwardly focused, particularly yeah. on our capacity, our accomplishments, the life that we're proudly built, the things that we're associated with, maybe it's coming from an upper-middle class, uh, upper class family, or even being consumed by our God-given qualities, our charisma, our intellect, our influence on others, organizations we're a part of, companies we work for, I want to reinforce, again, that pride is consumed with self. And like Elsie said, you need to have a, a level of awareness to recognize that, 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 that pride that's in your life. Because if you don't, you will be consumed with yourself. Over what the creator has exi- what the creator has created, and, and the things that he wants us to live our life for. So to that point, um, I want to provide a perspective from Proverbs, which many of us know is is a, a powerful book in the Bible. Really sheds life on light on the life that we should be living. Um, And and it just keeps us aware of things that we really should be mindful of and and sensitive to. Um, So I want to start with Proverbs chapter 16 with verse 8. And this is a very, very, very common scripture, which uh, informed our title today. Mm -hmm. But I want to connect it to something that we may easily overlook within the scripture so proverbs 16 verse 18 says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall so we see here that pride sets the stage for destruction right and a haughty spirit i had to look that up a haughty spirit you know someone who essentially perceives themselves here more superior than others or someone who's Hmm. arrogant basically that way of living the characteristics the mindset that comes before the fall. And it could have been that I was not listening well in church when this passage was read many, many times during my, my, my younger years in church. But I've never heard much about the distraction or excuse me, the destruction and the fall being mm-hmm. associated with pride outside of Satan. Right. Satan, yeah. I think. If you've been in church long enough, you know Satan is pretty much synonymous with pride. Um, But I haven't really seen the connection to myself. Like, how does my pride lead to destruction? How does my pride lead to the fall? And as I kept going through the scripture and I had to keep things in context, and I want to reinforce the word context, it's king, right? And it really um, gleans a lot of insight to very interesting things that we can easily overlook. So I'm going to stay in 16, Proverbs 16, and I'm just going to go up a few scriptures, starting with verse five. Verse five says, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. And it's funny to me that abomination is typically seen as a phrase reserved for the quote-unquote heavier sin, although the concept of, of heavy sin is flawed. But nevertheless, um, an abomination is something that God sees as inherently evil. And, as yeah. a, and I, want to re- I want to repeat that. God is seeing that quality as inherently evil. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, you're setting yourself up for God's punishment. Exhibit A, why it's imperative to dive into scripture. It will open your eyes and help you realize why things are the way they are. And they can help Mm -hmm. eliminate, as we've spoken about, those why me moments. Maybe we are the problem after all. Mm. Verse 7, I'll skip around a little bit here. Verse 7, still Proverbs 16, goes on to say, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him, So I have a few questions before we dig deeper and before I toss it over to you, Elsie, for the audience today. I want you to think about the very depths of your life. Do you find yourself thinking more about you, your achievements, your great qualities, or hey, maybe even the things you don't have, right? Do you think about those things more than the needs and potential lack of others or even God's will for your life? To be vulnerable, this was Justin Caesar's life before the process of juxtaposition became relevant, right? This way of thinking is natural. It's normal. It's innate. But again, a bunch of other things are that go against the will of God. And we are here to optimize our life, to be set apart, not to blend in. Secondly, do you consistently find yourself feeling like things are more destructive in your life than they should be to the point where you sometimes feel like you're being punished Mm. lastly do you find that even your enemies have peace with you if any of your answers are unfavorable i sincerely ask you to open your heart and truly allow this message to provide that unlock God's wisdom, his perspective, and the abundance that is available for you when you are willing to lose yourself for all that God has for you. So I know I said a ton. Um Any thoughts, Elsie, on that?
1: Yeah, no, you did say a ton. So I'm going to try to make an attempt to carve off some of that meat that you laid there Um, because I thought it was kind of funny. One of the things you stated was about pride, you know, coming for destruction, not really learning much about that destruction piece. And I know for me, pride before destruction, I think it was more of a catchphrase Mm -hmm. for me than than an actual uh, life application. And I think transparency, uh, transparently, uh, most of us probably had that level of thought. You know, again, you know, it makes us question, you know, what you're asking, right? The, The provoking question that you're kind of putting out there, because. You know, we must be honest in order to identify that our actions are leading us in in directions that we may not be so aware of. Right. Mm-hmm. And to start with your first question, you ask, what do we find ourselves thinking about related to? you know, us, what, you know, what motivates us? What are those thoughts? What, what is it, you know, you proving yourself, you know, to somebody is that you proving somebody wrong, right? Because I remember growing up, you know, mom used to say, you know, make uh, lemonade out of lemons, right? Mm-hmm. Like what, what is driving you? Um, and I think it's important because most of us have a very defensive mindset mm-hmm. and our mindsets are really set on protecting our own feelings mm-hmm. without really checking our motives, right? Mm-hmm. And and again, those are the subtle, and I do mean subtle elements of pride. Mm-hmm. So, real quick, if I was to go to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. meaningless, like chasing wind.
0: Man, say that again. <laughs> say that again. Yeah.
1: And, and, and you know, mm-hmm. I think we've all, seen it maybe even been that person that mm-hmm. keeping up with the Joneses mm-hmm. per se you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying so like our our ambitions our motives whether we realize it or not they set up our prideful defense strategy mm-hmm. right they actually give birth to our self-righteous characteristics that we flaunt without even having personal acknowledgement right we actually find ourselves comparing contrasting ourselves to others you know i don't smoke i don't drink i don't go to the club i don't Mm -hmm. do this i i've never done anything wrong to anyone that's for one i just want to pause real quick that's the biggest lie i think i've heard anybody ever say i've never done anything to anyone please don't that's let's move on (laughs) um (laughs) self-righteous uh uh, self-righteous defense strategies uh in my opinion they also explain why the house of cards that we build around us crumble like Mm -hmm. everything crumbles right it's not just one thing it's literally everything Mm -hmm. your relationships your job your mental Mm -hmm. stability Mm -hmm. you're literally always making a statement like why doesn't anything ever work out for me no one cares about me even if i die like Mm. that's what pride Mm. allows you to do it allows you to take that victimization really highlight even more right pride literally causes you to emotionally jump uh emotionally dump and project your emotions on people and 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 again the risk of it all is is that it has damaging implications Mm -hmm. and the last part that i wanted to get to you you made a statement about you know uh your enemies do do they have peace when they're around you my my question is you know if you got people that stand around you that are at peace Mm -hmm. and they're supposed to be your enemy but you don't have peace around them what is that really saying Right, And and I want to take you to Proverbs real quick. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 18. Flipping a coin can end arguments. It settles disputes between powerful opponents. Well, that can only be true if pride, arrogance, self-entitlement, you know, all those things are literally put to the side. Right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm pretty sure that we all have you know, found ourselves in these actions to some form of fashion, right? But for those of us that say, I don't, I don't see that in my life. I I don't have any, you know, dealings with people in this manner. I find no fault within myself. I want you to really ask yourself if that's true. Where's your examples of peace in your relationships? Where's your level of, of showing the fruit of the transparency within your lives? Because bro, Mm -hmm. I think, what, what we're not really always so quick to pay attention to is what those destructive moments look like due to our pride. So I was going to just ask you if you could just give a short example of what you believe uh, a destructive result looks like due to a person that allows pride to have an existing dominance in their lives.
0: Yeah, for one, I think, you know, I'll start with the unseen. Um, it, it the, Destruction's so subtle. Um, you can see yourself in a way others don't see you. In mm-hmm. your mind, you can be you can have this supportive friend, this loving wife, this reliable person, this selfless individual. Meanwhile, in reality, your your pride actually has blinded you to who you really are, which in turn limits your experience in life with people God gave to you. Um, whether you realize it or not, so I think it's it's important one to like those people who are in your life. Um, be be honest and be 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 vulnerable enough to to allow them to hold you accountable and 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 help validate that you are who you think you actually are. But to really you know get get a little bit deeper into the comment around you know the 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 destruction, you know we might have shared some of this already but like if you feel like your life has continuous cycles of the same problems the things that feel like punishment or you you feel like you consistently have to to prove yourself you're never truly content with who you are and you know you you, you always have a need to to show people who you are and tell people who you are you know it, it, That to me is just like, you you don't have peace is basically what I'm saying. You are, you're living a life where peace is, is very absent. And, you know, we are supposed to be the people who have peace that surpass anything, all understanding understanding, in the midst of chaos to build upon the conversation and add scripture in this. I want to turn to John, uh, James four, James four, verse one through 10 Um, And it says, what what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask Mm. and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You Mm. adulterous people, do you know that... Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace? Therefore, it says God opposes the proud. Exalt you. So there's a ton to unpack per usual with me, but I'll try to do so efficiently. So, um, and Elsie, I'll have you help me kind of, you know, break this down. But, um, you know, we've already spoken to the fact that in God's eyes, a haughty spirit, a haughty spirit is, is and pride is, is pure evil to God, right? That's, that's yeah. inherently evil. And now we're building upon that to say a life that succumbs to the ways of the world. Again, pride, selfishness, greed, to name a few, those things that we can willingly accept and, and become a friend of, uh, those things position us to become friends with the world, adopting the patterns, adopting the ways, eventually not being able to d- 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 determine the difference between us and who say we're Christian and love the Lord. You can't tell the difference between us and and people who don't, um, you know, ultimately it leads us to be, again, an enemy against God. And, you know, Elsie, I believe that starts to um, impact the impending destruction that is, you know, awaiting all of us when we're led by pride. However, I kind of want to ask the obvious uh, question, you know, again, to help break this down just purely for the edification of our viewers. Why do you think this concept that I'm trying to unpack, this haughty spirit, this prideful nature. Why do you think this is seen as evil to God to the point where he's going to position himself to oppose us to punish us? Uh t- transparently
1: speaking, as uh, simply put um God can't be glorified if we're in the way. Right? Um we have this human innate desire to be first, to be the creators of all things in our personal universe not realizing that we are the creators of nothing right Right. and loving loving the world frankly is the world's reflection of right will always reflect Mm self-preservation not sharing with grace no understanding of love and and things of that nature and and you know to kind of add to that if we were go to james uh chapter 2 verse 14 uh through 18 it says What what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Mm -hmm. Can that kind of faith save anyone? Mm -hmm. Suppose you see brothers or sisters who have no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good (laughs) day, stay warm and eat well. Mm -hmm. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What does that do? So you see faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. Right. It is dead and useless unless that happens. So now someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me faith if you don't have good deeds? Mm -hmm. I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Mm -hmm. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and (laughs) and that's a terrible (laughs) terror. How foolish, how foolish can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? It's a demons for me. (laughs) Right, but it was such a and I know that could almost even sound sarcastic to a degree, but simply put again, if faith is so easily suppressed by lack of action, then we must ask ourselves who is benefiting from our actions what what are those actions and and again if God and God's children aren't involved in your analysis of who's getting the benefits from your actions then I think it's safe to say that you're currently operating in a way that has evil implications related Mm -hmm. to how you operate right you're setting yourself up for that oppressing feeling that you were highlighting to earlier Jay and this is why understanding grace is so important because it will give you the desire to turn away from the line of thinking that promotes such evil thoughts, mm-hmm. right? And, and my, my example of this is a man having a job shouldn't be impressive. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, a man being a breadwinner, highly educated in his home, that shouldn't be impressive at all, right? Especially if all these accolades only lead to his personal praise and his family exists just under his shadow because last i checked i live under the shadow of the almighty not the shadow of man and again what i mean by that is if there's something that i'm doing that only will self-promote me and put others to the side there is no god there's no family it's just i i am the commander of this ship yeah, that I, I'm asking for for a whooping that I can't
0: prepare for, and and to that point, even if you you aren't that person who says that, if you're the person who say, oh, I live a life of faith and I live a life of hum humility in the X Y Z, and to the point of James, it, essentially, if you don't have the results to show for it, that part, uh, mm-hmm. uh, brother, sister, in Christ, you, you're fooling yourself. And I want to yeah. go back to your point about yeah. God getting being glorified. God being glorified does one important thing amongst um, many others, but one 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 important thing in particular, it brings other people to him, right? And that's yes. the goal, right? Yes. When we're able to leverage, it, for example, if I use my life and, and people, you know, oh, Justin, wow, at the age of X, Y, Z, you bought your home, when I... A prideful response to that is me talking about everything I did as it relates to that process, right? Mm -hmm. And I physically did those things. But if I tap into the legitimacy of it all, I couldn't afford the house. I I currently live in number one, credit wasn't good enough to have the house. Number two, I mean, I can continue going, but we cannot do even, and if the credit was good right at that time, if, if I had all the money in the bank account, I still have to acknowledge this God who gave me the ability to wake up this morning. Right. Who gave me the ability to have the money. So, you know, again, Giving God that glory gives another person who has lack, who has insufficiency, the ability to potentially start to want to uncover the faith to get to know the same God who can open the same doors for them. But anyway, um, if we know that our lives on earth are limited and that God is seeking to save us all, us all, not everybody in your family, everyone in the world, if he's seeking to save us all, from the wrath that we all deserve particularly you know those people who are consistently rejecting god um, it should be obvious that our inward focus is is limiting our ability to, to focus on on what, what purpose to do we if we were saved from the wrath during the times we rejected god because somebody was humble enough to, to teach us to guide us to be an example I mean, we should be doing the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Our purpose is loving God, or we're called to love God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and strength. And again, that allows us to submit to his will, his desires for our life, while in turn being richly blessed by him. And also, to our, our purpose and our command is to love our neighbor as ourself. This in Mark 12, verse 30 through 31, is referred to as the greatest commandment of them all. We are not here for ourselves, and we will take account for the lives we've lived and the lives we've built. Even, you know, when we have fooled ourselves to think our lives are are, are different than what they actually are. So, Either we're self-absorbed uh, and don't think because you're focusing on your kids that you're a humble and giving person. <laughs> we we want to think about outside of the things that we prioritize. And, 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 and as we think about God's priority, uh, his priorities, you know, we have an ability to be purely focused on us. And that, in return, creates a wedge between you and God and consistently positions you for a cycle of of this saga of frustration and why me moments and what's the point moments and god makes it very clear he yearns for us he is mm-hmm. he's he, he's he's jealous over us he and and everything he put within us um and he actually opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble so Elsie i mean i don't know if we realize that all this praying Christians do, all this going to church that Christians do, all this paying tithes that Christians do, mm-hmm. and all these other Christian mechanics. I don't mm-hmm. know if we realize that many of us are not seeing the desires of our heart show up in our life in addition to a whole bunch of other promises in the Bible. yeah, We're not seeing that oftentimes because of that subtle bed bug that we sleep with every night called pride. We want to do it our way. But we get mad when God doesn't show up. Now, brother, tell me, what is the point of that?
1: I I mean, bro, all you're doing is going back to one of our first episodes. What are you living for? (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Because if if you're listening to this and and your response is, again, you know, well, they're not talking to me because I do what I need to do for my family or I have my reasons I do X, Y, and Z. Uh, you, You know, I would just say my question to all that would be, are any of your reasons laced in any form of biblical context that gives glory back to God for your mm-hmm. actions? Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think that's you know that's going to really highlight again everything that you just said. Or right? if I'm just doing this mechanical Christian aspect of things, I'm going to have mechanical results. Nothing's going to be stabilized, right? That's right. Um, because if we're if we're not aware of of these actions and how we come off with things, how can we reevaluate our motives? Right. We're going mm-hmm. to be blind, believing that our self-righteous uh, actions are reflection of what God wants. And when we do this, all we're doing is projecting, again, what we perceive uh, to be God in our lives, even though the motivations that we are moving through have no alignment with him. And, and that's a really scary, scary thing, bro, in all this. because mm-hmm. we, And again, to just highlight this, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Not everyone who calls, calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Ouch. Only those who actually do the will, let me say that again, do the will mm-hmm. of my Father uh, in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesy to your name. Ooh. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name.
0: And what are you going to say?
1: But I will reply,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: never knew you. Right, get away from me, you who break God's laws,
0: mm.
1: having, let us pray right <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's it's crazy because having this lack of understanding God's ways, you know, I know I asked a question about destruction, but this is what leads directly into our pride, which again, has devastating impacts beyond the current reality we currently call
0: life. Dude, you, we we can end this podcast now, but I will continue because I'm not done with James. Yeah. Um, and and I thank you for for leaning into that. And you know, I, I want to also be clear, though though some people may enjoy you know our relationship, our charisma, our laughing. Do know we're not laughing because we take any of this lightly. It's yes. almost um a laugh of of perplexing of that is perplexed um by seeing how even us. We have lived years ignoring this truth, right? And 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 fooling ourselves. And it's like we're, you know, it's kind of again, not comical, it's it's a bit perplexing, but um just do Know that this is something we take very, very seriously, and, and we wouldn't be having this conversation if we didn't. And we really pray you take it as seriously as well. Um, so, so again, love the point of this bringing us back to the what are we living for moments, and the fact that many people, um, you know, living in this lack of understanding, not. Realizing that even though I have a form of godliness, I may be denying the power thereof, and and I'm open and opening the door to pride, destruction, all of the above. Yeah. But um, to the point of James four, um, I want to now go to, to to verse seven. Just keep in mind, you guys, I, I mentioned lastly that God opposes the proud and He gives grace to the humble. That was verse 6. Verse 7, and I won't go through every verse, I promise. Um, Verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Um, You know, and again, I really want to focus on the fact that the devil is, is is playing on our own lust. So he's not just evil in of himself. Well, he is, but our flesh uh, uh, is flawed as well. So when he plays on our flesh, um, you know, again, the door is opened when we yeah. don't resist him. Um, so we can choose to resist him and the nature of our flesh that seeks to, um, you know, d- destroy who we're intended to be. Um, You know, and I I also want to go into verse eight, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I I just want to read that portion of it. Um, And I want to ask, do you feel God close to you? Those who are listening to my voice, like, do you feel God close to you? you? Do you feel like he's on your side? Do you feel God removing barriers? Do you feel God opening your mind to see things differently? Do you feel God growing you up? even when it doesn't feel good. Is he expand, expanding your, your, your relationship? Is he enhancing them? Is he enhancing your money? Is he enhancing your life? Or has life been pretty consistent? Again, with the similar sagas of, 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 of problems, of lack, of, of, of self-centeredness, when you experience the juxtaposition of pride, trust me, you will fight for your dear life to go back because if you don't feel God close to you, if you don't feel like he's on your side, removing barriers, helping you see things differently, enhancing everything, a part of your life, this is an opportunity to reset and to juxtapose the very thing that seeks to destroy you. Yeah, man, I, I love how um,
1: you highlighted the choosing to resist ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's the one word that i I want us to all get comfortable with our choice yep period right and this reminds me of you know what i like to call the beauty and even the risk of of free will if you will um if we would go to first corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 to 13 Mm -hmm. if you think you are standing strong be careful not to fall the temptations of your life are no different from what others experience Mm -hmm. and God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted uh, more than you can stand. Mm -hmm. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So having this free will is literally a bridge, right? That allows you to make a choice between your pride Mm -hmm. or will that god Mm -hmm. has for you because as i already kind of alluded in first corinthians we are all tempted yes right to follow our own understanding we're all Mm -hmm. tempted to believe things the way that we wanted to and if we claim to be god's children we must know what his will looks like uh for our lives instead Mm -hmm. of making things up for ourselves and again that will goes back to grace Mm -hmm. It goes back to forgiveness. It Mm -hmm. goes back to self-accountability because Mm -hmm. if you're prideful, you're not going to be able to be a forgiving husband when your wife lacks accountability or or is caught lying about something. You're not going to be able to forgive your parent that you didn't feel Mm -hmm. supported you as you was growing up. Mm -hmm. You're definitely not going to help that coworker uh, on their project after you learned that they were talking about you, right? All your pride causes you to respond is going to be in the opposite manner of what I just laid
0: out. Yeah. And, and before I finish out, James, yes, I, I'm, I'm not done with James for yet. Before I finish <laughs> out, I, I, after all we've said, I just want to kind of pause. And and as you see in your time, guys, we're, we're almost done. But I want to pause and ask, is pride worth it? <laughs> with all mm-hmm. we said, is, is it worth it? Even though it feels good, man, is it worth it? But again, um, let me let me close out James. So James four, I'm going to jump to ten to to, to wrap us up. Um, James James four verse ten says, "Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you." Um, and and that just says so much. Um, you know, humility and pride are the prime example of this concept of juxtaposition. You put mm-hmm. two things together that have contrasting effects. You either choose hum- humility and if you do so, you run in the opposite direction of pride and you can either choose pride, which makes you run in the opposite direction of, yep, you guessed it, humility. <laughs> if we're not doing what verse eight mentions, the uh, purifying of your 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 hearts and cleansing of your hands, essentially embracing this juxtaposition, juxtaposition principle, if, if we're not doing that, Again, we are positioning ourselves to be enemies against God, to not experience the peace or this, you know, ability to have him draw himself near us to never. We, we, we won't ever experience peace with our enemies. We're, we're literally doing this Christian thing and we won't ever experience the full benefit of it. And, and to me, Elsie, that personally sounds like a waste of time. Yeah, no. And,
1: you know, one thing I want to kind of bring us back to, brother, is is one thing that you had said earlier about the greatest command that he gave us. Mm-hmm. Going back to uh, Matthew chapter 22, uh, verse 39. And secondly, and equally important, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And in order for us to shed away our natural carnal nature that we all deal with, it starts with us juxtaposing by being able to apply these lessons Mm -hmm. that feel so unnatural in this human Mm -hmm. experience, we are all a part of. And I think in the next, you know, episode, as we move forward, bro, you know, as we dig into this fall aspect, I believe we're going to be able to really help the audience capture the essence of pride. Now we, you know, got to tie it all together so that people can heighten their spiritual awareness of what they're putting, uh, what they're putting at
0: risk. Absolutely. Well, as you said, Elsie um, gave, gave the audience a heads up. We are jumping back in next Friday with part two, uh, particularly because of how important this message is. Um, and you, you made a comment around essentially like how all of these lessons can feel unnatural. Um, again, you're going against the grain. Right. And this yeah. will be so helpful in every aspect of your life. And I encourage you to continue to go against the grain. Do not do what is natural. For example, when your doctor puts you in the medication, it's natural to not always consistently take it. Right. It's not natural to stay away from the foods that you should be staying away from when you have high blood pressure. when you you're diabetic, it's not natural to, to give grace to spouses and children when they go against the grain. But again, doing the thing that we don't want to do is the very thing that will give us the life that we are intended to live. But until next time, we'll see you next Friday. This is Juxtaposition.